welcome to the 50 Year Vegan series of podcasts. In Werewolf Dreams, artist and author Jeff Francis's book explores what might happen if a gothic phenomenon of the natural world confronts those who are at the heart of the destruction of the planet by infiltrating their dreams and exposing them to the consequences of their actions. These are the first five parts, starting with part one, Stirrings, read by Jeff Francis. Part one, Stirrings. He had been found, abandoned in the woods. No one could understand how he had survived. Everyone said he should have died, yet he had not. His earliest memory he had never shared with anyone was from that time. It was of a warmth, of a strange breast. Rich life-giving milk trickled from a nipple the like of which he would never encounter again. There'd been plenty of those, each one different, but none like that. That had given him a chance of life. There was a debt he held deep inside, one to be paid where he could. There was a sound he followed along the alley. It echoed through the forest from ridge to hilltop. Many a human would tell of the fear it would instill in their being, calling to its primitive core. For him it brought a scintillating tingling to every sinew. Then he was truly alive. The sound echoed in his soul. Within it he understood a deeper purpose a deeper purpose to existence. He sensed a reason for his being alive, felt a part of a web of life. He held an inalienable loyalty to the pull of what was unknowable, that contrasted and conflicted the pointlessness he witnessed in every day, infected with universal hubris, deceiving humans into believing they were more than a very small part of it all. It was more than a feeling. It had been with him as long as he could remember. He conjured a werewolf to take revenge on society that had despoiled the natural world. The injustice, the imbalance, his adopted kind versus the rest, the rest of life. Knowing the human and outcast to true existence, exiled from its world of being, he never rested well when the moon was full throughout day or night, his purpose lost to its sight, a witness to the desolation of the spirit, the breath of life held hostage like a knife at his throat, removing every hope for what he loved and saw debased, every day delivered to the wake of greed and fear, day on day, year on year, always looking, watching, for any fragility, for the weakness to show, noting, remembering, when and where to strike. The winds blew wild across a fearful country. The fortune tellers had closed up shop. There was no telling where the world would go. The fear rang out in too many words of anger to find heaven's door. The company of dogs was irresistible to him. The wilderness in their souls became one with his own. 
In them he found the soulmates he had long ago given up seeking in human form. His senses were canine. He stepped as softly on a pavement as they did on the earth. The fiercest dog, much abused by humans, would never see him as a threat. Few victims ever sensed his presence. He could smell the lives each one had lived. The things they did, their arrogance, their indifference, carried to him on the breeze and projected like a picture in his mind's eye. Their fate was cast in that moment. How would they feel when the earth would swallow them whole as they watched the stars receding into the universe in the ends of their time? No ricochet pinball wizardry of new-spun deceit, no face-to-face -face deception in the play that continues day to day, never free from freedom's fear anywhere. Where disease could not be the predator, he knew to take its place, almost unseen, unsensed, uncensored, a world where his spirit could stalk roaming the forest of the night, servant to a second reality that most could not perceive. Running far, exhilarated, returning on the morning, exhausted, his body marked by accident and collisions, scars of dismembered happiness, muscles strained and aching, his hands shook, his legs too, as if they had been contorted to fit a different shape or form. He grew increasingly discontent with all that he was witness to. It tore at something deep inside the fabric of his newly conscious pain. There was nothing left to steer by, only the stars, and there were some who were contriving to obscure the sight of those two. Every new day, before midnight's sharp cold stillness, no cloud in sight, only the stars. He walked alone into the night. Alone was where he had to be, away from others. He emerged a werewolf. Gifted with super senses, nose to the wind, tracing sex and fear in the air, hiding with its ghosts in extra dark shadows. Ghosts of all the hopelessness of an unrequited love travelled within the darkness of despair. He watched in delight as each one of them took their revenge upon each other for things they could not face in themselves. He extracted the juice from their suffering. He knew from the very first he would guide them into that world of pain to suck upon its heart at the ugliness which grew there. There was a price to be paid in those dreams and visions. No freedom was to be found in that darkness there. A thread beckoned from the reflection in a fallen eye. Below its surface he could not see how deep its dark labyrinth ran. From inside, a blood-red tinged voice was praying for a final purpose to it all. Was someone judging him? In defence he would draw a curtain against the dark. In an ever-receding night he was looking for time to play, wild, fresh and free. 
embracing the softness of his bed. He was launched into space, tinged black to blue to scarlet, hovering on the edge of her love for all that was natural. He too was picked and tormented by the dreams that lay waiting there, in fear that the next human along would carelessly trample underfoot or deliberately stamp on the source of his delight. Part 3 Traders These guys don't do it for fun. They're pros, everyone. There's a price to meet. The thief lies behind their eyes to seduce you to their cause. The rest is easy. Past days stood solid, as if cut in the rock face of time. Days that carried the shame of their actions, or was it their inactions? Is that you and me, I see, paying the price for their lies? Too lazy to question what they say, pretense feigning love. Life was for the taking, was all they knew. Expectations to achieve, they pursued that goal like rampant lustfield lovers. Peddling confusion, happy hypocrites one and all. Lost inside illusions, they were victims pretending to be victorious by tearing at the heart of life. Addicted living fictions of their own construction loud with bald and bare lies, dismissing any inconvenient truth. Realities of the pursuit let in all sorts of nightmares, more and more surreal, trapped in a wasteland of words and desires, barren, battered, bereft of all other life. To be judged only in the tense, menaced eyes of animals and the starving, Symbols designed to protect the beauty of the natural world subverted and perverted to their cause. The greedy grew powerful, bullied, intimidated, created their own gods, gave them voices, manipulated others with fantasies never to be explored or questioned. Repeating their mistakes in cycles, Generation upon generation, the human machine rolled thunderously onward, ever threatening the future. They took violence as a norm, celebrated aggression for entertainment. Their heroes, men in black hats, who snarled and cussed, who stuck a gun in your ribs and took your money clean. Behind them stood those who talked sweet lies, growing fat, in the holy name of profit, bearing the banner of constant growth, they would ride into battle, ruthless with whatever stood in their way, like so many armies, slashing, burning, as they maraud and advance until nothing is left. The pounded and ground down grandiose midnight streets of the city held promise of gold, robbed from far-off places. Pockmarked with fiendish murder, piled high with ghosts of all their fellows, animal and human. Far-off reaches lay scattered with the debris their indifference had transported from that place. 
late-night champagne bars emptying into streets and alleyways. The ghost of the Ripper wandered those places, a spectre to feed what drove his purpose. Sleep and death were eternal twins. When one was not available, the other stalked the darkness. He was their agent, with a justice in his heart, careless killers his target, to make them face all that they did. Try as he might, when the moon was full, he could not sleep. His spirit and his body were restless. He slipped out into the night, just doing their job, policemen harass beggars from their sleep while criminals in suits and ties laid waste to nature with their half-cut deals to be confirmed next day at boardroom tables and on stock market floors. Wherever they would lie, he could see them. Unlike too many others, he would not forgive them because the cost was too high. Terrifying, strange revenge, so necessary and overdue, was meted to them in their dreams. Bringing moments gone, but not lost, to haunt their eyes and fill their ears. Confused, frustrated, frightened eyes, held close, too close. Unnatural companions wanting freedom, prisoners of unfettered wealth and salacious appetites. In turn, each one slaughtered before another's eyes, the stench of blood inside their nostrils. Skin flayed, separated, peeled back in the layering of an onion, wrenching tears from their souls, screaming to a God in which they did not believe. They cried out for mercy. They cried out for a mercy they knew they did not deserve, nor did any of their kind. Treachery was in their DNA. Everyone has demons, sometimes hiding them in deep inside. Some carry theirs proudly for all to see, shouting out loud against the world to challenge their fear, not caring who or what they hurt. He had set theirs free. Unchained, they ruled in every unconscious moment. It was a time of retribution. In the night hours, they had fed themselves on what was ugly in humankind, sucking on the evil that rampaged within each confrontational existence, recharging themselves before heading for the daylight. They fed off their victims' dark emotions, jealousy, hatred, fear, and greed. They had all wanted to be kings of the city. Their mantra was, Give it to me one more time, time and time again. Killing was the disease that had entered their bloodstream. It was thriving there, poisoning the air they breathed out. They were comfortable in its stench. Crows called from amongst tree as each one met their end. Cloaked in the darkness, refugees from electric blighted light losing faith, crying to a father to take this fright away. The war had come, the war had passed. The toll was disappointing. Many had survived, many who had caused the slaughter. The masters of war, as always, were the beneficiaries of all that had happened, 
in the eye of the Blitzkrieg. Part 5. The Detective Inspector Janine Dorso sits at her desk, late in the night, seeking quiet, looking for patterns in reasons amongst the details displayed on her computer screen. It looks like suicides. It feels like sacrifice. It's all guesswork, fooling others. But you know what is real, what you're doing, bluffing the world and yourself, a dried up seed pod of hope. Certain convictions had lived in her mind long ago. That since then, in truth, she had lacked the will or desire to resist, to desist. Sleep was overtaking her. She went to the couch in her office. Her head rested on a precarious pillow, yet she rested well in what was both an exhausting but healing sleep. Somehow the temporary nature of the bed on which she lay brought an extra layer of comfort. The strangest thoughts, alien to her unrelentingly frozen inner worlds, were her companions there. Dreams came freely to penetrate her defences, to establish some sort of chaotic order. She slipped free from the surreal absurdity of what her life had become, to remind her that once she could have flown with angels. That was the first part of Werewolf Dreams, read by Jeff Francis. The second and final part, Dream First, is available now on 50 Year Vegan Podcasts.